0: Welcome to Adventurous and Unconventional. I'm your host, Kate Simons, and I am so excited to be on this journey with you, exploring alternative lifestyles, unconventional existences, and adventurous, life-changing decisions. My hope is that this episode inspires you to begin creating the life of your dreams. Hey Wildflowers! Today I wanted to come on and talk about something that comes up quite frequently in my conversations with my guests and it is something that is so dear to my heart and that is education. As a family we chose to completely redesign our lives around our desire to home educate our kids and so we've done so much thinking and inner work and research around the education system, around education options, around the way that children naturally learn and so today it felt like a really good opportunity to come on and share a bit of a context with you and to share some of my beliefs and my understandings and observations as a mother and as a mother to two unschooled children and somebody who has based my life and my current lifestyle on my values that are related so strongly to how we are in relationship with children. So I think it's really helpful to give a historical context to help us understand where we are now and what has led us to the situation where we're in, where we have this modern education system. So we started out as hunter-gatherers, right? Children were immersed in life as a community. They would learn skills that were essential to their survival, to the survival of the group and to their survival. And they would have so many different adults all around them to learn from. They would just be immersed in the lifestyle where the skills and knowledge that they need as adults are being practiced all around them and those skills and knowledge are directly integral to life and to survival and would not be separated out as work versus play. In a hunter-gatherer society and and um these communities that have been studied collaboration is really key with all different skills gifts and forms of contribution being valued and because they were hunting and gathering little and often and there was no way of storing food it left lots of space for play for celebration and for creativity And so even adults were modelling these ways of being. Play is such an essential way for children to develop. And through play in a hunter-gatherer society, the children would be practising life skills, which were being modelled to them by everyone around them. And they would be aspiring to be competent adults and want to learn the skills that would enable them to contribute. Studies of modern day hunter-gatherers have observed that the core values are autonomy, sharing and equality. That no one is superior and everybody's needs are important. Adults take a trustful approach to children believing that they develop the skills and knowledge that they require to contribute to the community when they are mature enough. And it's so interesting to observe that All of us have our ancestors in this way of being. We have these ways of trusting children, of living a life where play is so crucial and is so valued and supporting children to to be themselves and to choose their own ways of contributing. We then entered an agricultural era where we put down roots We claimed land as our own and naturally competition and separation seeped into our ways of life. Agriculture brought with it amazing things like security and stability. And it also gave us the opportunity to build more solid homes that were more durable from weather and winters. But in turn, we lost a lot of our level of freedom And there was so much less time for play, creativity and collaboration as people now had space to store food. And so when you can store food and you have an excess of land, you are actually working. There's no end to the amount of work that you could do and put into the land. When you're growing plants from seed and you're caring for livestock, is vastly different in terms of the amount of labour involved from when you're foraging and hunting wild animals. And so subsequently, land ownership introduced hierarchies, which has led to so many different complexities and inequalities that we see in society now. Land ownership in the agricultural era introduced hierarchies, which has led to so many different complexities and inequalities that we see in society now. There would be large landowners who had lots of land to manage and grow food on, but they didn't have the time to do all of that. So then they needed people to work for them, which typically involved slaves and child labour and people being paid hardly any money for the work that they were doing. And then we see the rise of modern religions, which come with an authoritarian approach to people's lives the church introduced schools and universities where the focus was on the study of the Bible and learning to be good, obedient citizens. In order to do so, reading was essential, and in the 17th century, there were many church-run schools throughout the Western world. In fact, even now in England, a quarter of all primary schools are still run by the church. The schools in the 17th century required memorization and repetition, obedience, and they were focused on children being good Puritans. Later in that century, curriculum based education developed in Prussia. And then from the 19th century onwards, it became government run education, still with some aspect of churches running schools, but the government was more. In control of our societies, and so they took over education. It became compulsory in 1870 in England for children to go to school. And in some respects, at that time, some of the people who were advocating for compulsory schooling were doing it from a really good place. Children were working in really awful conditions in factories. They were working on farms, they were needed for labour, and if we go back to when we were hunter gatherers and there was so much less need for working, children had their children's roles in life had changed so much with the agricultural era and the industrial revolution. It really did mean that children were very vulnerable to being taken advantage of to being paid hardly anything working in awful conditions and so this bringing in a compulsory schooling enabled children to not have to work in factories the poor children were able to access a level of education other people were very keen on the education system because it did enable children to be controlled it freed up parents to be able to work in factories and although the children were no longer in factories as children for the ages that schooling was happening they were still being trained up for factory lives through a really control-based approach to education with teachers being the gatekeepers of education and the motive was maintaining social order. Really interestingly like in the states when education was made compulsory it was for the ages of 8 to 14 and it was for just 12 weeks a year and so since then so that was the 19th century since then it has increased so much and become such a prominent part of children's lives children go to school in most countries start around the age of 5 school is typically compulsory until about 18 and it is for many hours every week and for many weeks of every year. And from that point on standardization became really prevalent and the education system in the 21st century still looks very similar to how it looked over 100 years ago. It's disconnected from the way that children naturally learn. It doesn't suit many children's learning styles and children's temperaments. We've lost touch with what's actually important to prepare children to be thriving adults in our society. The education system served a purpose in society when obedience, repetition, and manual labor were so prevalent. But with machinery, robots, and AI, these are just no longer beneficial even to the wider good. We need people who are creative, who have problem-solving skills to find innovative solutions, who can connect with other people, who are emotionally resilient and who can contribute their unique gifts. The standardisation, comparison and competitive approach to education prioritises a specific curriculum and set of skills and knowledge. And so through their time in compulsory schooling, many children just lose their sense of self. They forget their unique interests. They have their creativity completely driven out of them. And they associate learning with a chore that somebody else controls. I don't know about you, but I'd certainly finished school thinking that I was just going to never learn ever again. But now... As an almost 40 year old is the most ridiculous concept to me that I went through the whole of my prime my my education and I left with no love of learning. Knowledge is separated in schools into really distinct subjects that just do not replicate how these things are in reality, when everything is so intertwined and connected. Children are split into age-based groups, classes, years, and it's entirely unnatural and just develops for so many people this resistance to mixing with younger kids and a fear of befriending older children. It's really important for me at this point to acknowledge that I'm generalizing here. There are children that seem to really thrive within the mainstream education system. And their thirst for knowledge is not hampered. I also know that for many families, a full time education provision enables them to work in the jobs that they have. And our work and employment setup is just not it's not created to enable flexibility to the needs of parents. I really believe that everybody is doing the best that they can with the knowledge that they have and within their current circumstances. Although I also want to recognize that we can always learn more and that our circumstances can and do change. Teachers are so inspiring. They go into the career with the most incredible motives and desire to support children. My partner, Seb, was a teacher for quite a few years and he comes from a family of dedicated teachers But I see so many teachers end up disillusioned and stressed. Teachers are working from the inside in a system that is so very challenging to bring about any meaningful change. And I know so many teachers really focus their energy on connecting with the individual children and supporting them in the best way that they can with the capacity that they have within the institution that they work in but it really breaks my heart that these incredible teachers with the best motivation to be in this system are suffering their own mental health struggles. The teachers are so overworked and under-resourced. And so it's really no wonder that so many teachers suffer with mental health issues and stress and burnout and leave the career way earlier than they ever intended to. And then the children that they're teaching are suffering from mental health issues and aren't having any of their emotions and their natural ways of being supported. So it just it just becomes so apparent to me that so much of this system is broken. And yet any teachers, I do not envy you But I am so grateful for the work that you do within such a broken system. A 1 to 30 teacher to pupil ratio requires structure and rules by its very nature. And with so many children in a typical classroom, the need for children to be able to read is so often crucial so that they can follow what the teacher is actually teaching them whether it's through books or on the board in the front of the classroom. So teaching reading at a really young age becomes absolutely necessary. Reading is something that's really dear to my heart. I absolutely loved reading as a child when I could choose what I was reading and I would just have such magical memories of getting lost in a really good story. And in really recent years, I've just become obsessed with nonfiction books and have read so, so many. Yeah, I I know quite a number of adults who do not enjoy reading. And so they just choose not to read. And many of them do blame being forced to read books that they weren't interested in for putting them off this amazing skill. For my family, we've chosen not to teach our kids to read in a specific way or by a specific age. Instead, we desire to trust their timeline, which is an approach which can bring up anxiety in us parents. We've decided to intentionally model reading for pleasure. We've surrounded our children with books and we make time to read to them before bed every single night. And we are available so much of the time to read to them when they want to access information. We try to see reading as a tool needed to thrive in our society and that we trust our children that will want to learn to read when they're ready because they'll want to access all the words that are around them. And so we surround them in an environment where there is just words and adults loving reading. This whole approach takes time, patience, and real deep intentionality, which can be super challenging to maintain in our modern lives. My children didn't really show much interest in learning to read for quite a while. They actually started when they they wanted to know what lorries, what was written on the side of lorries, trucks when they went past. And so that was where they first started looking at different letters and piecing together words and recognizing the same lorry company that would go past. My oldest son literally showed no interest in learning the skill of reading, like properly learning to read books until he was eight. And then he just literally taught himself to read within six months. He was like, literally within six months, he was reading 500 page books in just a few days. When I look back, it is so apparent that he spent quite a few years leading up to this point, just so deeply focused on numbers and mental maths and then moving his body at every opportunity. And they're both really crucial skills and we could have just easily taken the approach of forcing him to learn to read because our anxiety as parents was rising as he got closer to eight and just further away from five, which is when children are typically taught to read in this country. Our youngest was really inspired by his brother's newly developed skill and he used to spend hours and hours looking at the pictures of his favorite books over and over again and at the age of seven he has taught himself to read and he's learned at a slower and steadier pace than his brother but he's learned in the way that feels right to him and for me these two examples they just show how limited the space for natural learning is within the mainstream school setup it really, if our children had been at school, they would have been taught to read at the age of five and they would have been given specific books to read and they would have been told when they need to read them by and there would have been certain words that the teacher decided that everybody in the class was going to learn to read at that point and they wouldn't have had any freedom or autonomy in their way of learning to read and they have both learned to read very differently like a really big concern of mine, and that's with such long school days and nightly homework, as well as parents working ridiculously long hours, there's just so little time in the day for family connection and for the development and nurturing of strong parent-child relationships. I really believe that adults have a responsibility to role model what living a fulfilled adult life looks like. And with so much separation in the spaces that we spend the majority of our time in, children are so rarely exposed to adults going about their normal lives. When we are together, we're so often stressed and trying to control our children's behaviour to make things easier in the short term. It's a really sad state to be in. I know that a lot of parents believe that by sending their children to school, They're handing over responsibility to an institution that has their child's best interests at heart. And yet for many, many children, they're being failed by the education system. And people don't realise this, but if you're in England, parents actually have the ultimate responsibility to provide a suitable education for their child, whether they're in school or not. And so it's actually on you as a parent to advocate for your child within this system and to find alternative provision where needed. Seb used to teach music at secondary school, and so children were from the age of 11 up, and he had children who were coming from primary school, and they were age 11, and they literally did not know how to read, which he found absolutely shocking, because it's not that these children are 11 and they don't know how to read, it's that they are spending their childhood within a system that requires them to learn to read from a really young age to be able to access all of the knowledge and information that is being taught to them. And so if they aren't able to read and they're 11 years old, they're being failed by the system. So I wanted to share some alternative education options that can be available depending on where you live because there are people that have asked me whether it's legal to home educate your kids some countries it is illegal but in the majority of countries including right now in England and in the states it is legal to home educate your kids And home education can range from a more school-at-home approach, it can be project-based, or it can be unschooling, which is child-led and focuses on children's interests. There are self-directed and democratic learning spaces where you can drop children off. There are many Steiner and Waldorf schools around. And there are government schools where you can actually flexi-school your child so that they attend school some days of the week and do other activities that follow their interests on other days. There are homeschooling co-ops where parents in the community share different roles in the children's education. There are online schools where children are taught through video directly by tutors or by in kind of group setups. I also know some families who have their children in school but they choose to prioritize other parts of life when they're at home and when they're together as a family. So they actually don't make their children do homework. They support their children's natural tendencies and they give zero weight to assessment, tests, results. Instead, choosing to celebrate failure and having a go as the invaluable learning opportunities that they really are. So I really hope that me sharing this historical context, some of the issues that I see with the education system and some of the different options that can be available, maybe open your mind and your eyes to the realities of the system that the majority of children are spending their childhoods in. Through the work that I do, I work with a lot of people who have quite a few layers of deconditioning work to do and a lot of that is picked up through schooling. I have done so much work on deconditioning myself, de-schooling myself, trying to remove those beliefs that I picked up along the way that tell me that I'm not creative, that tell me that I need to control my kids, that tell me what good children look like, what age certain things should be learnt, what an education looks like. And so through being an unschooling mum, it's been a really empowering journey to, to take myself on this and do my own inner work. And intuition plays such a key part in me connecting with my dreams and living a life that feels fulfilling and authentic to myself. And so many of us have lost our connection to our inner wisdom. And yet when you look at children, young children, they have that. They are authentic. Like they can't be anything but themselves. They know when something feels wrong to them they know what feels right they follow their desires they listen to their body and through controlling children making them sit in classrooms where they have to they have to ask to speak at a certain time they can't go to the bathroom when they need to they can't eat and drink when they need to they have to sit still they're not allowed to just move their bodies in the way that humans are designed to, we're taking away those really inherent signals from their body that something's not right and we're telling them to suppress them. We're telling them to ignore those signs that, that they're uncomfortable, that they don't feel safe and that they just have to put up with it. And so it leads us as adults to just not have any awareness of who we are, to so easily go along with what we're told to believe, what we're told to do, what we're told life should look like. And this is where my work comes in because I really believe that if children were supported in being their true selves and that it was not suppressed out of them. This work would not be needed if at home and in school children were allowed to share their opinions, if they were valued, if their bodies were respected, if they were able to hold on to that real thirst for knowledge that I truly believe all children are born with they want to replicate and and behave in the way that adults do they desire to to be like mini versions of us i used to see that when my kids were really young we'd go out to the woods and we'd be coppicing and our kids would get their plastic saws out and we would be sawing the trees down and they would they just wanted to doing the same thing that we were doing as they got older we taught them how to use the tools in a safe way so that they could fully get involved but so so few children are seeing adults doing work and contributing in ways that really lights them up and they're so rarely given opportunities to follow what adults are doing like if you think about in the kitchen so much easier for children not to be in a kitchen getting involved in cooking. They have this natural curiosity though and they want to and of course it can bring up all sorts of risks with using knives and hot oil and different liquids and things but children want to learn as young children if we separate them from those aspects of life if we tell them that they're too young to observe and to get involved, by the time we desire for them to learn those skills, we want them to have skills in the kitchen. We want them to be able to get involved in work on the land or different elements of adult life. They're no longer interested because we've we've told them that it's not a space for them for so long. We've put them in classrooms with four walls and very few windows. And we're teaching them about nature. Without them being immersed in nature, they'll be reading textbooks about trees rather than climbing trees and sitting under the shade of trees. They'll be watching videos about birds rather than putting bird feeders out and watching birds and studying birds and understanding how birds are. And so when we separate out children and adults and adults are put in boxes where they go off to work in offices and children are put in boxes where they go off to learn in schools, nobody is living the life that feels fulfilling to them. When children are seeing adults at work, they're not seeing adults that are really joyful and purposeful and feeling like they're contributing. They're so often seeing adults who are resenting, who are stressed. And that's what we're role-modeling. We're role-modeling that that is what adulthood looks like and that to prepare kids for that, they need to be in school and they need to learn trigonometry without understanding the real world context of learning those things. Over a two-year period, a few years ago, we built a roundhouse cabin on our GLAMP site and it was a whole family project. We were down there every day for almost two years with our kids down there getting involved and the skills and the tools and the mathematical equations that we had to do to construct this round building was just showing our kids real life skills. Our oldest was, he just developed this incredible resiliency and ability to problem solve just based on being immersed in this world where there were daily problems to be solved and any creative approach to problem solving was so valued he he was literally like 5 years old and he would we would be getting frustrated with something that we couldn't figure out and he would just come along with his positivity and his solution and idea and so often he was thinking outside the box and he was just coming up with something that was actually going to solve a real-world building problem as a five-year-old that we just could not comprehend. We couldn't think that creatively and problem-solve and step back and and appreciate the situation. We were just so immersed in it and feeling like caught up and stressed. And, and it was so beautiful to see. We built furniture as part of that project and afterwards for quite a few months, our kids just kept finding bits of wood around in our wood stores and making tables. They felt so empowered to just have a go at at making things, knowing that they were capable, knowing that they didn't have to be perfect. They just wanted to follow on and replicate what we had been doing. So it was a really, really beautiful experience. And I'm so glad that we decided to do that. It was like a mega homemade project for the kids. um, And it just showed me that having them fully immersed in that experience really led to them just wanting to be involved and develop those skills that they were seeing us using. I hope this episode has given you some food for thought and maybe led you to question some of your beliefs around children needing to be in school or education needing to look a certain way. Maybe when you next see a child, if you haven't got children of your own, when you next see a child, you could ask them about something other than school. Ask them about something that they actually are really interested in. Like It could be an aspect of something they're learning in school, but ask them about something that lights them up. Engage them in something that is truly unique to them and see what their response is. And if you've got children, if you're a parent of children, I'd love to have a conversation with you about what different options there are to explore and different alternatives and how different people make this work in terms of how they work while home educating their kids or how they find alternative provision in their area or online and how they have chosen to remove their children from a school system that is just not set up for children in this 21st century and is not on the whole supportive of children being themselves following their dreams, and creating a life that is so fulfilling for them. And as parents, I know that that is what so many of us really desire. We really want our children to be thriving, fulfilled adults. And we've just lost our connection with what that actually looks like. We've instead adopted this definition of success that doesn't actually lead to joyful, happy people. Now feels like a really good time to share my truth. I am not here to make you feel comfortable. I'm here to challenge your beliefs. I'm here to invite you to question your norms. I'm here to offer you an alternative perspective and I'm here to show you that another way of life is possible. I'm here to rock the stable boat that you've been floating along with the current in. I'm here to remind you of your dreams. I'm here to encourage you to step outside of your comfort zone. I'm here to empower you to make the changes you desire in your life. I am here because I believe in your dreams. Just as I believe in the dreams and potential of our children, of the next generation, of our future. I have a vision for children, and it is the same vision that I have for myself and that I have for you. A life where you are infinitely supported, valued and loved for who you are. A life where your unique experiences, skills, gifts and personality are celebrated and that you belong in your community, a life where you are thriving. And for so many of us, and for the majority of the next generation, I have this deep core belief that the mainstream education system is doing more harm than good. It is shattering the hopes of children. It is removing their intrinsic motivation. It is impacting on their mental health, it's harming their confidence and it is leaving no time for them to explore themselves. I really don't believe that this is a way to spend those precious years. Our children deserve a childhood that celebrates this beautiful stage of life while also preparing them for a fulfilled adulthood. This vision requires children to feel emotionally, psychologically, and physically safe. For children to explore their innate creativity and curiosity. It requires children to be intrinsically motivated to learn, grow, and explore their own interests. And they need to be supported in developing emotional intelligence. My vision has children with self-confidence, communication skills and ability to connect with other people deeply. These children understand how their society functions and they desire to be part of it. These children are respected, they're trusted and they're consulted about decisions that affect them. And they value being a part of community and embrace collaboration, contribution. These aspects are given so little, if any consideration, within the mainstream school system. And yet we wonder why there is a mental health epidemic among young people. If you raise your children to value what is actually important in life, and what will serve them into adulthood, Rather than prioritizing league table results and competition above all else, I really believe that you are setting up the future generations in such an advantage. So for me, my opinion is that the education system needs a complete rethink. I don't even know what the goal of this system is. Is it to create factory workers who will blindly follow orders and regurgitate facts? Or is it for there to be adults who are fulfilled, inspired, and who know how to creatively look for solutions to challenges that we face as a planet? So I know that at the moment this might not be your truth. This might not be your reality. You might be so immersed in the systems of society that you don't see a way of children being raised without the education system. It feels so incredibly short-sighted for the majority of children in the Western society to go through such an outdated system, a system that is no longer connected or never was connected to who children are and what's actually in their best interests. So, whether your children are in school or you've chosen an alternative route for them to spend their childhoods, I would really love for you to question this system and start encouraging a shake up of it. Whether you're inside the system, whether you're outside the system, it needs to be shaken up. It needs to be reimagined. It needs to be transformed for the good of our future, for the good of humanity. For the good of all these beautiful souls of children to not be broken at the hands of an outdated system that does not have our best interests at heart. I really hope this episode encourages you to challenge those beliefs, challenge the assumptions that you have made about how childhood should be spent and really connect in with what you actually think is important. For a child to learn and develop and experience through these formative years that massively inform the adult that they are going to be and the life that they're going to live for the rest of their days. Thank you for listening to this episode. I am so grateful for the time you spend listening to Adventurous and Unconventional. And I hope that this conversation has lit a spark of curiosity, courage, and self belief within you. You can grab the show notes for each episode, including any links that we've mentioned, at katesimons.com. I would love you to join my free Facebook community, Untamed Mother. Rewild, reclaim your power, and realize your dreams. Well, we do exactly that. It's a loving sisterhood, supporting mothers and women preparing for motherhood to connect more deeply with yourself so that decisions, actions, and dreams can be made from an aligned place that is good for you, good for your family, and good for the world. It's your permission slip to release expectations put upon you and experience this precious season of life being guided by your own inner wisdom. And come and hang out with me and follow my adventurous and unconventional lifestyle with my family at Kate R. Simons on Instagram. Together, let's live life to the fullest in our own unique way.